Alternative Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. It is time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is, of course, Big Man. Joining me, as always, of course, is my brother Cooper. Cooper, how many times can I say, of course? <laughs> yeah, and how many times can you ask me how I'm doing? I'm going to ask you that all the time, bro, because that's what we do. That's how we <laughs> intro. Yeah, man. Uh, we got some wrestling talk for you guys, so this, this should be fun. Uh we just got done with the NXT pay-per-view. What was it called again? That was NXT Deadline. Deadline, that's right. Oh. And it, it was, was good, dude. It was a pretty interesting night. We had uh, the new iterations of, of a match style, which was kind of cool. We had uh, you know, we had a couple ta- uh, title matches, too, so that was nice and entertaining. And we also had a little bit of a grudge match, too, so... Yeah, man. So. Which was cool. So, uh, but let's get down to it and let's talk about the NXT deadline. Let's do it, brother. Now, I'm sorry, by the way, this is coming later in the week. We did have some issues around the house that we had to get taken care of first. That's why we were so <laughs> yeah. late in the week. Yeah, so issues around the house, just a lot of stuff <clears throat> going on. So Yeah, but we'll bring you football talk as soon as we can. And we still plan on doing the live, which will probably be on Saturday for sports talk. We've got some baseball stuff to talk about. Lots of basketball, some surprises in basketball to talk about too. It's quite interesting to see what's going on there. All right, but first, let's get down to business with NXT deadline and the women's Iron Survivor match. As we talked about before, a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, the introduction to this new match style, which is five women, two women start basically. It's kind of uh, <clears throat> what they what was it considered a um, the gauntlet match. Um, Mixed with Survivor, I mean not Survivor, but um, War Games. Not no, not War Games because they didn't have um that kind of going on. Well, kind of War Games because of the penalty box. Yeah. But um, an Iron Man match, so yeah. it's like that kind of all set up. So two people start off in the match. Uh, you get five minutes until you get all five competitors in. So it's five minute intervals until everybody comes in. Uh, once you land a pinfall or a submission, the person who takes that pinfall or submission. Goes into the penalty box for 90 seconds, and then once that 90 seconds is up, they are then allowed back into um, the fray, and it, it was crazy. And the night started off, of course, with the women's one first. So, Roxanne Perez and Zoe Stark started the first match. First ever women's Iron Survivor Challenge match. Both wrestlers looking to gain an early advantage in the grueling affair. Perez used her mat skills to attempt a pair of clever pinfalls, but the strength of Stark was on full display. Throwing an early would-be victory. <clears throat> Excuse me. Cora Jade entered and before making her way into the ring, taunted a helpless and hurting Perez in a penalty box. As the action wore on, Perez went for a signature pop rocks on James, but a kick from Jade and a subsequent roll-up gave Jade the victory, to, um, tying her with Stark at 1-1. One one. 
As all four women battled in the ring, Indy Hartwell entered the, in the final spot. As the freshest woman in the match, she immediately took advantage of a slow Perez and picked up points thanks to a boot to the face. As all five women roared in and, um, in and out of the ring, Perez managed to counter a Stark Slam, rolled her up to get her first pin in the match. As five minutes remained in the match with Hartwell, Stark, Perez, and Jade all tied at one victory, Stark managed to level the competition with a high-flying crossbody off a top rope, but she couldn't turn it into an advantage. Perez notched a decisive went by crushing pop, uh, crushing a Pop Rocks to Jade, <clears throat> thus um, giving, uh, with two minutes less, less than two minutes remaining. There we go. The other four women then scrambled to try to tie it in the waning moments, but couldn't score the decision so they, that they so desperately needed. Perez played defense for long enough until the clock hit the 25-minute mark to clinch her spot as the number one contender for the NXT Women's Title. Man, this match was, it was crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. It was good. I, I enjoyed Stark most of all. She she was like, she's on point, dude. In certain spots of the match, it's like you could see her becoming like. I I thought overall she was gonna win the match, but mm-hmm. it didn't ended up happening that way. But I, I see sparks and flares of that's what I like about watching NXT too. I know this is our first pay per view we actually tuned into. But, like, it kind of reminded me of the old NXT days when you've seen guys like, you know, like like Seth Rollins or, you know, Dean mm-hmm. Ambrose, any of them. You know, you see sparks and flares of something that's going to be greater. And Stark, mm-hmm. she's going to be something good one day. Yeah, she is, but uh, it was Perez who got but that But it was Perez that did win, but I think mm-hmm. it was more or less... It was luck. She won it by luck. Yeah, well, unfortunately for Mandy Rose, it wasn't luck that had her side the following Tuesday night on NXT. No, but you know what I mean. <laughs> when she ended up dropping the title. Yeah, but why it. But why did she end up dropping that title, sir? Because she was later on released that night by WWE for content um, beyond her extra or her WWE contract. Because she has a fan times, which is similar to OnlyFans. So since she wasn't doing PG-related content, a lot of people are speculating that being the reason um, with WWE trying to be a PG company um, led to her release. Um, honestly, to me, I, I believe that this is probably the right move for WWE. I mean, if it's not what you want in your company, mm-hmm. and she didn't have the permission to do the things she was doing on camera... I mean, you're you're representing a company that's been around for years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not like when Paige came out with all her dirty videos or or Xavier Woods or any of them that came out with with stuff that was just like what that was because it, it you know it came off of somebody else's stuff and it was it was something that was supposed to be kept private. Right. You know, this stuff with Mandy Rose is on look at me as like as a guy you're like cool you know but <laughs> right but as like a business aspect of it I can kind of understand it yeah I can too uh, but my only thing is why don't you have it actually in the contract stating you can't do certain activities outside because you're representing I get it you can say it's kind Bro. of a written unwritten policy 
you can say it's an unwritten policy all you want, but you really should have it in your contract that we expect you to be a certain way as a employee and have it in the contract. Well, I'm sure, but I mean, think about it like this too. It's like, I don't know, maybe they're targeting her a little bit because you look at the way Shawn Michaels got away with doing Playgirl. Yeah. How many divas got away with doing Playboy? Yeah, but I think also WWE had a partnership in that. And I think that's I think that's actually that's where the problem probably is. Probably the biggest problem is, is the that fact that they're not getting money. They're out not of it. getting money off of her name. Well, her doing that. For her doing it. Yeah, so, she doesn't have a partnership with them, so that doing that, making money off of it themselves, therefore, they became an issue. To me, be to be honest, dude, I've really never, <coughs> I've never really cared for Mandy Rose. She's eye candy. And yeah, maybe she's a good wrestler nowadays, but. I didn't, I didn't really get the hype with it. I was just like, okay, she's somebody good to look at. That's it. For me, that's what it was. I've never looked at her and thought, oh, man, she's going to be something great one day. Because if she was so great, why did she go back down to NXT and become their champion? Well, we could say that about a lot of people then. We're going to talk about Finn Balor then. We're going to talk about New Day, which we're about to talk about here in a little that's bit. That's true, but it's just like... <clears throat> Because a lot of people have been going back down. I think Charlotte did it too. I think what they're doing is they're trying to make NXT more relevant, and they're bringing other people in. But I've never looked at at her and thought. Now I look at Finn Balor, I look at Charlotte, I look at the New Day, and I'm like, why did you guys do that? Yeah. Like, what was the point? It just say you did it. But Mandy Rose, she went back down because she needed it. True. Let's be honest. It's like if Liv Morgan decided to go back down to NXT. You'd be okay with it, yeah. I'd be okay with it. And it's not saying that I don't like Liv Morgan, Mm -hmm. but she needs more in-ring experience. Yeah. It's just like the Iconics. They were cool on the mic or whatever and irritating and frustrating to listen to every week. Right. Their in-ring ability was just not there. Right, sure. And to me, it's like NXT, that's what NXT is for. Right. It's to bring these, these superstars along or say superstars that... It's just like it's just like baseball players or whatever, you know. They, they start in the AAA league, come up, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Uh, hone in on your skills or somebody that's, that's been, you know, out for a while. Go down to AAA for a little bit, come back up. Right. But I'd never seen Mandy Rose. There was never even a, a hint of is Mandy Rose coming back up to the main roster? What what's going on with her? You know, I mean, because if she was so great, true, yeah, you know, and why would WWE just let her go if, oh well, you you know you messed up? No, usually they give people a warning. I mean, look how many people get in trouble and get arrested for drinking and doing other shit. True. So, so, I mean, in, I mean, just don't be surprised she ends up in AEW at some point. Probably. Because <laughs> it's it's probably going to happen. Yeah. And I'm sure Tony Khan will be more than happy to go ahead and let her keep doing what she's been doing in her socials. Anyway, so let's keep get back to the deadline. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he will. <clears throat> yeah, I'm sure he will. Anyways, he probably needs a subscriber. Anyways, anyways <laughs> Elsa Dawn, or Isla Dawn, sorry, versus Alba Fire. Alba Fire immediately went after Dawn uh, once the bell rang. Looking for payback on the woman that cost her her NXT championship at Halloween Havoc in a last woman standing match against uh, Mandy Rose. 
Early on, it was Dawn as she used every bit of the ring to incapacitate. There we go. Fire highlighted by a double knee attack from the top rope. Fire uh, fought back in a big big way, though, unleashing an offense an offense on Dawn that included a gory bomb on the outside. Fire hit a swanton bomb that seemed poised to deliver a victory. Excuse me, but a touch from Dawn appeared to bring a dark cloud over the official that uh, possessed him to spit out a mysterious dark liquid. Dawn used this to her advantage and threw fire into an exposed turnbuckle. Dawn then ended the match with a reverse headlock elbow drop as her eyes rolled ominously to the back of her head. Man, I, I don't get it. What's what's the deal with witchcraft being involved in a wrestling match? Oh. I mean, to me, is is what it is. I mean... I mean, you got the Fiend out there doing certain things, too. To me, things. too, like you and I both said, if you can bring Bray Wyatt back, bring Bray Wyatt back. Bring the old Bray Wyatt. Let him speak. I mean, the creepy way he spoke and the things he did, you believed it more. <laughs> but when you start bringing in this, oh, well... Supernatural. Supernatural bullcrap, it's like... Uh, yeah. It's fun for a while, but after a while, it's like, what the hell? And not only that, but for us true wrestling fans, we would rather see in-ring competition than we would a storyline that's just made up for for the likes of, of a WWE writer or, you know, whatever the superstar feels like. Hey, yeah, I want to try this. It's like, sometimes it's not, it's not that great. Yeah. It's like when Edge decided I didn't want to be a part of Judgment Day anymore because you guys are wanting to go full on weird with it. I'm like, I understand that. Yeah, you know, you don't need to be all full on supernatural all the time. The reason why the Brood and things like that worked, and the Undertaker and the way that thing, things like that worked, is because back then we had more of a kayfab. Yeah, and we had more of a mysterious side to the business. Right. Nowadays, you have this. Everybody knows everything, and if, you know, anything can be leaked anywhere at any time, so it's like, whatever. Right. I just don't, I don't care for the witchcraft part of it all, but... Sure. I mean, it's it's a storyline, so it is what it is. Right. It is. It's, uh, it's a little weird, because even, even towards the end of his career, Undertaker wasn't even doing that much supernatural stuff anymore. Yeah, I mean, um, and look what he's doing now, I mean... Let's be honest. He's gonna be on Pure Flex. Is doing some movies with Pure Flex. Mm-hmm. He's a devout Christian now, and I think that's part of the reason why he decided he was gonna step away from the business. Because how can you be the dead man and be, you know? All right. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is on that part, but yeah, it, it's it is terrible because now you know KFAB is basically dead for the most part. It, it um, sucks to a degree, but at the same time, I understand it. Yeah, I mean, basically, the only way you could do it is if you have a normal, not necessarily normal persona, but, like, I've watched interviews with, uh, you know, I don't really bring AEW into this, but MJF. MJF is MJF outside AEW and inside AEW. Yeah. He plays that. I don't know if he's still playing. If that's actually him playing that part, but he at least is MJF the guy of AEW everywhere. He just I've is seen who he is, and I, I've seen, <clears throat> you know, like I've seen interviews where he's talking about, you know, like 
everybody talks about Roman Reigns and they talk about me now. And it's because they're both very outspoken mm-hmm. and they'll say how they feel about shit. Mm-hmm. And they don't care what anybody thinks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also seen this article that came out about him and Tony Khan don't really see eye to eye, but, you know, he makes the big bucks and that's why he's the AEW champion. So. Right, absolutely. And But as you're saying, it's like, if you're going to, at least like Cena plays Cena, you know. Cena, yeah. Cena's always Cena. MJF is always MJF. Roman's basically always Roman. They're not two different characters. I still say MJF is better than The Miz any day. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, man. All day. And and I've loved it when he talked about, um, you know, he said in 2024 that when his contract's up with AEW again, that he, he'll he be very surprised, actually, if he doesn't end up in WWE. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> take the money, man, if that's not only that. but He says he's GOAT, even if they just pay him a penny more than what AEW offers. I'm like, damn! <laughs> yeah, that just tells you he, where he wants to be. Like, yeah, true. He's using AEW as a platform to get where he wants to go. Yeah. AEW needs to switch up the way they do things because you've got to make people want to come to you and not just, oh, well... I can't wrestle in WWE, so I'm going to come to you guys and wrestle here, kind of like Soraya. Right. You know, I mean, it's like, you've got to give these people a reason to want to come to you guys. And to me, you guys really plateaued it all out, like, a couple years ago. Yeah. And it's like, you can't plateau when you're still... Supposed to be climbing. Be climbing the ladder. I mean... Well, me, and then you got people jumping back over, you know. Yeah, Cody like goes, Cody back, goes back over to WWE, and that's really when it was like, for me, I was like, I really can't sit here and say that I love AEW, that this is the new WCW, that this is going to be it, this is going to be the one to take out the big the big fish in the, you know, uh-huh. in the sea. Because WWE is where everybody still wants to be. Sure. All right, so let's get back to that. <laughs> Sorry, getting... a little bit of a rant there for both of us. <clears throat> yeah, anyways. All right, so speaking of the New days, which we mentioned a little bit ago, they took on Pretty Deadly for the NXT titles. After crashing Pretty Deadly's real Christmas story on Tuesday night, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston took on Elton Prince and Kit Wilson for the NXT Tag Championships. The New Day immediately showed off their tag team prowess using their speed and teamwork to gain an early upper hand. Pretty Deadly finally turned the tables, though, thanks to a referee distraction by Prince that allowed Wilson to yank Kingston hair and snap him down to the mat. Pretty Deadly kept the fight in their own corner, but a resilient Kingston managed to tag in Woods, and the former King of the Ring took out both Prince and Wilson. The action broke down as all four men entered the ring, but Prince tried to force a disqualification, a tactic that the New Day countered with shenanigans of their own. Moments later, Kingston took out Wilson with Trouble in Paradise on the outside, leaving the New Day opportunity to hit the up-up-down-down down on Prince with, and win the match to become the new NXT Tag Champions. With the win, Kingston held Tag Team Championship goal for a record-breaking 15th time as the New Day earned the distinction as the Triple Crown Tag Team Champions. Cooper? I think this is cool because they needed to do something with the New Day because the way the bloodline is right now. Yeah. The bloodline obviously is not going anywhere for a while. We know eventually, yes, in the next next month or two, they're probably going to be dismantled a little bit. But if they're not going to dismantle Jay and, and Jimmy and they're not going to 
you know, split the titles up. They needed to do something with the New Day because the New Day is just, they're that damn good, dude. True. I mean, we've seen some of the best tag team wrestling between the New Day and the Usos for how many years now? A real so long time. It, it makes sense to give them another shot somewhere else. Um, I guess that would be the only thing that I would say about it. Because like, like I said, I don't understand why people want to go back down to NXT. But that's my only thoughts with the New Day. Is like they needed to do something with them because they are that damn good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so hard because it's like, to me, it's a step down. I mean, and yeah, sure, man, we, we can sit here and argue back and forth all day about whether or not Mandy Rose needed to be back down or not. That's not the point. The point is, to me, it still feels like it's a step backwards in your career. Yeah. When you're as established now as New Day has been for WWE oh. on the main roster, it's not like, you know... I you know we can make the argument. Well, Mandy Rose wasn't even on the main roster for very long. What maybe a year and a year and a half? I think yeah. it was before she I ended mean, up back that, down. That's, that's what I'm saying with the New Day. It's kind of odd because you know, like Kofi Kingston being the WWE champion, and now yes, he's like 15 time tag team champion, and the only thing that really does is put one up on. On the Usos is really what it does. Yeah, because now they're they're what the now they're triple crown winners. first ever tag team tag team triple crown winner now. Yeah. So I mean, so okay, but at the same time, it's just it feels so backwards. Even though, yeah, we got to do something with them because they're the. In some eyes, you'll say probably the greatest tag team currently. In some eyes, they'll say the Usos are the greatest tag team currently. Because they hold the championships. The only thing that I don't like about the bloodline, and I'm going to be honest with this. Let's be honest here. The bloodline gets more of a push because of who they are. Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, Big E. Had to earn it. They were thrown into a situation where it was like, we don't know what to do with you guys, so here you go. True. Figure it out. Make it work. I mean, Big E was floundering kind of as a singles competitor after his um, run as um, uh, Brian Kendrick's bodyguard for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and then, so he was kind of floundering after that a little bit. And then I think... Was he Brian Kendrick's or was he... I thought he was Dolph Ziggler's bodyguard. I thought he was both. I thought oh, he went from Brian... I thought he went from the Brian Kendrick and then he went to Dolph. Maybe that's when, what it was. When Brian Kendrick left the company that last time. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. And then he went to Dolph. But then after that, he then became his own guy, kind of floundered. Kofi was having a really good run as a singles competitor, but never seemed to get... Never seemed to get up past the... a mid-car title, really. Even though he would put on great, great rivalry matches with someone like Randy Orton. But, you know, I digress. That's just... I know that irritated me because they they cut that way too short, dude. That Mm -hmm. that could have been something... But that's the way the machine was ran, dude. And the way it still seems like it's kind of a little bit ran. Yeah. I mean, but so... And then, you know, Xavier, I didn't... Before New Day, I didn't really know much of Xavier. Um, I'm going to be honest. I, I really didn't. Uh, you know, he was an NXT guy, obviously. He was in TNA, too. Is, uh, I think it was, uh, 
Consequences Creed. <laughs> and uh, he was good there, too. I remember him in TNA. Uh, he, was good, he was good in the X Division and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, man, I, when he came to the WWE, I was like, what are they going to do with him? All right. Uh, so. All right, so, I mean, so, he kind of took, so they kind of just threw these guys together, and it worked. Yeah. I think that's what freaked WWE out the, the most, is it worked. They were just like, well, we'll throw you guys together. We're going to kind of make it a comedy thing. You're going to be a little bit of an arrogant group too you're gonna be comedy but arrogant comedy but it the problem was it worked too well and they and i think that freaked out everybody yeah in wwe's creative run like oh crap this worked <laughs> this is one of those times where we're like we weren't meaning for this to work and it did and uh and it's and it freaked them out because obviously it all worked perfectly it took a while too because it worked really well i think mostly because xavier wasn't really wrestling at the time he was just the mouth yeah. of the of the group, while you know Kofi and um, Biggie backed up his mouth. Basically, is what it was. <laughs> and basically, it's kind of how it was going. But I, you gotta love it because Xavier, over the years, has has proven himself to be a stout wrestler. Um, now, maybe single wise is a singles competitor. Mm-hmm. I would really like to see him like. In the U.S. title run or, you know, yeah. whatever. But like you said, they pretty much did a 180 and put him back down to NXT. And it's like, what the heck are we doing here? I mean, I, yeah, like I said, I get what you're coming out. You, you got to do something with them. But yeah. that's why I had that hard time of allowing you to combine titles for one group or, for one group or well, one person. Not only that, but it's not like it used to be where it was like, <laughs> You know, um, there was only so many people on one roster, so it was easier to have one champion. True, yeah. So, now you Tag teams all over the place. Now you need two champions. Now you need three champions. It's like... Yeah. So, it's crazy now to to do that. And it's just like, come on, we got to split these back up. Quit being weird about it. I get it. You're kind of having fun with it. But my my other problem is, too, with it, is is then why why isn't Jay and, and Jimmy... Either one of them won the Intercontinental and United States title. Yeah. Because you're already putting all all this on them. Why didn't you have... Well, that's what I thought they were going to do with, with, with Jay there for a while. Because Jay was actually doing good in singles competitive. Yeah. When, when Jimmy was out, right. Jay was doing good. And I was thinking, they're going to put like the Intercontinental title on him or, yeah. or the U.S. title, whatever. But it's like they were going to do something with him. But then they just like petered out with him as soon as... As soon as Jimmy came back, it was like, oh, tag team, tag team. It's like, dude, that dude was stout in the ring by himself. And he even held his own with Roman. Yeah. So. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, but then, so it's like, so then why aren't we getting uh, two women's competitors into the bloodline, too? So that way they can get the both the Raw and SmackDown titles and the tag titles. That way everybody's only titles in the bloodline. Because that's basically where it seems like it was going. That's what I'm saying. I don't understand what they're doing with Solo Sequoia because, I mean, he's good, man. He, he's top-notch, but they, they need to put a title on him. They need to do something with him because I think it would make the bloodline that more stout. Yeah. Let's be honest. And you got Sami Zayn. You got the honorary Sami Zayn. If you ain't Usy enough, man, come on. I mean, you're never Usy enough, bro. You don't NXT <laughs> Whoa! What are you doing? Shush! Shush! 
Just started playing for you. Started talking to me. That was Did weird. Did ever do that? No, I didn't know it could. That was weird. Well, that's cool. I didn't know you could talk. <laughs> kind of hot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, so, I mean, we're on another rant, but it's just weird. I just, I have a hard time with it, personally. But that's just me. I mean, I do, too. I, I get where you come from with it. But I'm kind of glad to see them doing something with them, too, because it's like they're, they're too damn good to be, let's not do anything with the New Day at all, because the New Day's only been floating for a while now, so. All right. So it's it's going to be weird. Anyways, all right, so next up, we're going to talk about the Men's Iron Survivor Challenge Match. Let's do it. All right, so Axiom and J.D. McDonough were the first two competitors in the Men's Iron Survivor Challenge. And the two wasted no time in, in reigniting their rivalry. Just weeks after McDonough injured Axiom's leg, the High Flyer showed off no ill effects as his aerial assault effectively neutralized a technical wrestler. Carmelo Hayes entered the match next and immediately established himself as a factor by quickly taking out both men. Hayes picked up the first pinfall of the match thanks to an incredible suplex that turned into a cutter midair on McDonough that landed on the chest of Axiom. With all three men down in the ring, Grayson, uh, Grayson Waller entered the match and immediately hit both Axiom and McDonough with rolling stunners. He shockingly pinned both men, which gave him the lead just seconds after his arrival. Axiom and McDonough were both locked in the penalty box at the same time, and realizing this predicament, Axiom got his revenge on McDonough as the two battled in the enclosed space. Just as Waller regained the upper hand, Axiom flew into the ring and rolled him up, picking up his first win. Uh, his second pinfall came just moments later after a golden ratio to McDonough. Joe Gacy entered the match uh, last in both Waller and McDonough in the penalty box. He took advantage of a clearly fatigued Axiom, making him tap out. Gacy would earn his second victory shortly after that, thanks to a hellacious clothesline on Hayes. Chaos continued in and out of the ring, but Hayes and Waller found themselves in the middle of the ring where Hayes was able to latch on a submission, forcing Waller to quickly tap to save his energy. With four superstars at two wins apiece, and McDonough... Mc, uh, McDonough... Uh, did whatever he could to pick up one as he was still looking for his first score. Just minutes left in the match, Gacy locked in submissions on Hayes, McDonough, and Axiom, but none of the men tapped out, keeping the score knotted at two. As Axiom laid hurt from Gacy's submission attempt, Hayes hit him with a nothing but net, but Waller tossed Hayes out of the ring with just 30 seconds left to pick up the winning um, the winning fall. Waller then would evade the rest of the competitors during the waning seconds and won the Iron Survivor Challenge, making him the number one contender for the NXT Men's Championship. This, this match wasn't that great. Axiom was cool. Yeah. But um, it was kind of mediocre for me, dude. And the fact the way Waller won it, right? Mm-hmm. And the way he won it, it was like, as soon as he got that last pinfall, it's like, why aren't you guys scrambling to pin somebody else? Why are you chasing him around like he's the one you need to pin? Like, you guys could have pinned each other. Somebody could have, you know. I mean, I kind of get it, it, though. They were chasing him because if he decides to, if you decide to go for a pin, he's available to come and try to break it up. So, to keep his his number uh, higher. So I just, I don't know. I didn't like the fact that he won. I I didn't, there's nothing about him that, about Waller that screamed he needs to be challenging 
for the number one contender for being the next NXT champion. Oh, he's going to get his ass kicked. By either, he would have got his ass kicked by either Braun Breaker or Apollo Crews, whoever walked out of that night with the championship. He yeah. was he was not, I don't see how he was going to win. He's going to get his ass kicked with, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's okay. But I, I enjoyed Axiom too. Axiom reminded me of a of a little bit of um, Sin Cara when Sin Cara first got to WWE. Um, before Sin Cara started having his weird issues. Yeah. Where he seemed to like not be himself, it seemed like. A lot of people were wondering if the guy who was originally Sin Cara actually was still the same Sin Cara because of the way he started acting around um, in inside and outside the ring when it came to WWE. So... Yeah. Some people started thinking that maybe someone else had to put on the mask because there was something seriously wrong with the first Sin Cara when he got injured that one time. And everybody was, like, worried to death about his actual well-being. So, someone thinks, a lot of people think someone else put on the mask and it went bad, it went bad for Sin Cara after that. Um, the, at least the character. Which is quite possible. We've seen it happen before in different, different companies. True. Um, Gacy, I was a little surprised. I thought Gacy was... To me, it seemed to be the odds-on favorite because the way they... I've been hearing about him and the way they've been pushing him a lot because there's a lot of people who thought um, when they start... Whenever they decide to start doing this Wyatt Six, that Gacy's going to be one of the guys that gets to come up and yeah. be with part of the Wyatt Six because a lot of people like his talent. And Dude, he was good. He was good. I, I thought for sure that he... I mean, that would have made a better matchup, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Going up against Braun Breaker or Apollo Crews, Gacy definitely would have been, I think, the better um, person in that. I mean, sometimes in these kind of matches, though, sometimes athleticism, even crappy athleticism like Waller's, is sometimes beneficial because you just got to be fast enough (laughs) to avoid shit. And unfortunately, that was okay. So a big letdown. Otherwise, what could have been a pretty good match if someone else had won. I honestly, any of the other four guys would have made a better win, I think, in that match than Waller. I personally, de- I definitely agree with it. Um, I think he's just a little bit too much e- egotistical, and I didn't really yeah. care for it. He picked his spots, and that's that's really how he won the match. Is he was a fucking vulture? Yeah, basically. So. All right, so are you ready to talk about that NXT Championship match, the main event? Let's do it, brother. Braun Breaker versus Apollo Crews. We had a nice introduction into the match as they uh, did a lot of uh, pre, pre-match pre um, weirdly... Yeah, the hype videos. Hype the, video. It was pretty cool. Them man. talking at a restaurant or a diner and then going fishing together. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? This is like an old boxing hype video, man. Remember the... Remember the old boxing videos where they would like actually hang out for a little bit? Yeah. And you know, before they would end up trying to kill each other in the ring, <laughs> but not trying to knock each other. You know what I really think really ended those hype videos was Muhammad Ali. How could you? How because could of you, his mouth. Yeah, I was about to say. It's how, his mouth. How could you uh, top that, to be honest, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he, it's just his mouth. He just. Not not saying it was bad. I mean, he just he, I you, mean, you, he, want, you just want to punch him right then. The <laughs> UFC is pretty good at doing that nowadays. Yeah, too, but, but it's it's crazy. It's yeah. just kind of but it's always it was it was cool but weird cool. You know how I've been seeing a lot of and I know this is kind of a little a little off subject, but mm-hmm. Patty the Batty. Yeah. Have you seen that guy? Nah, I heard about him. Dude, funny shit and 
He goes in there and he kicks the shit out of dudes. And him and Logan Paul, they might have a thing where they actually have an exhibition. So. Well, we'll see what happens because I also heard MJF was at his last fight and talking shit too. So. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, his last fight. And they said him and MJF were talking mad shit to each other too. So we'll see what happens first. <laughs> but you need to look up Patty the Bad Dude. He is, he is funny shit. All right, so here we go. So Braun Breaker, the champion taking on Paula Cruz, the highly anticipated NXT championship. Another one, by the way, Paula Cruz. A little surprised they put him down. Yeah, me too, dude. I'm like, what? Is, <clears throat> unless they're just trying to make NXT more legitimate. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. Anyways, the highly anticipated match uh, between Braun Breaker and Cruz started with an intense stare down between the champion and the challenger. Early on, it became a test of strength for both men, with Cruz clutching in the headlock, bringing Breaker down to the ground. Cruz continued his hot start with a five-tool player hit on Breaker with a moonsault from the apron um, from the apron to the outside. Breaker would then put uh, together some offense, hitting Cruz with a low, with a few key strikes before planting him with a delayed super, uh, vertical suplex, standing moonsault, and then capped it off with a flying uh, tok uh, con hilo to the outside. There we go. Uh, Breaker then went for an attack on uh, from the middle rope, but counters, uh, countered it with a flying knee. Uh, that move then seemed to change Cruz's demeanor as he became more ruthless in the match. Cruz hit Breaker with an abundance of offense, including three power bombs and a frog splash, but none of those were enough to dethrone the champion. Breaker mounted a furious comeback, nailing Cruz with shoulder tackles, a spine buster, and a th- thunderous clothesline off the top rope to the back of the head. Cruz then went um, for one of his signature spine busters, but Breaker countered that with a devastating spear to defeat Cruz and retain his championship. As the champion basked in his win, Grayson Waller emerged and hit a rolling stunner, uh, sending a message to um, to the champion that he's got his eyes on a show-stopping title win. He might have his eyes on him, dude, but Bomb Breaker's going to kick his ass. Oh, God, yeah, that's not He's going to break him in half, dude. For me, this is just a, a filler match until you can find who you, who else you want to put up against him. Yeah. Or before you just decide, okay, we're going to drop the title to this guy because I don't think they're going to drop it to, to Grayson. I don't think so. Not Grayson Waller. Not no. Grayson Waller. So. They'll, 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 they'll drop it to somebody else. It's going to depend because usually if you're on your on a good title run, they're going to give it to somebody else because that person is going to that person who's currently champion is then ready to move on. It depends on on what their I think it's going to depend on what their plan is with Gacy right now. If Gacy they don't feel is quite ready to be up and part of the White Six, I'm not saying Breaker is going to be part of the White Six, but I think at some point we'll see probably him drop it to Gacy. I think that's the next yeah, logical yeah, yeah. choice when they feel Breaker is ready to move on to the main title. I mean main roster. And they'll probably do that probably around WrestleMania time, I would think. Probably. It makes sense. Give I would him... think because, you know, if he's wanting to move up to the main roster, which I think Braun Breaker, that's where he needs to be, dude. Yeah. He's just a main event player. Um, and he's he's one of the guys that is going to carry the WWE into the next 10 years or so. Oh, yeah. so Easily. And he's got he's got the pedigree for it. We all know that. So. Oh yeah, he, he's definitely got that capability. He's athletic. He's strong. He's you know he's one of those guys where it's it, he's I, I he's he's like Cena. You know, young Cena, strong yet very athletic. 
That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's going to be in the next John Cena. Um, you know, be the next fan Just favorite. Hopefully, like, he's not going to be like his uncle, be a Scott Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I, mean, I, I love Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner is one of my favorites, but he didn't get along with too many people, and that was his biggest problem. So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the one thing I noticed about him is that he's got this prowess about him where he's he's very, very, mm-hmm. you know, just like a likable guy, but like you don't want to screw with him. Yeah. So um, I do think that Braun Breaker does have that it factor about him as long as he doesn't let his ego get to Because, yeah. I mean, his dad had an ego. His <clears throat> uncle had an ego. Yeah. And... Really, to be honest, his, his uncle was the bigger star of him and his dad. So true, uh, yeah. But I'm just, but anyways, it's as long as he can keep his head, you know, on his shoulders properly, and not let his ego get to him. Um, he'll he'll be doing great. And oh yeah, like I said, he's got that I'm, athletic prowess. I'm excited. I want to see him versus Roman Reigns. I think Braun Breaker versus Roman Reigns would mm-hmm. be awesome. Yeah, that's probably gonna be a really good if match. it happens because you know. I'm, I'm gonna wreck everything and leave, you know. So <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. So uh, that's uh, it for the wrestling talk tonight. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. We'll be back again. We've got football talk to talk about. Um, some interesting things that be going on there. Holy crap! I'm just like, what? Yeah, man. Just crazy. last Thursday was insane. <laughs> didn't watch it because I didn't think what was gonna happen happened. <laughs> what was happening was going to happen. I was just like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Have a quarterback for less than 48 hours and look what he can do. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, yeah, I know. And moving forward, he's Your new favorite quarterback. Bite me, Snoopy. He's going to be a Stealer next year. I hope Your you enjoy Your new favorite quarterback. He better be a Stealer next year. Backup quarterback to the picket. Yeah, if they don't decide to move on, pick it. I don't know. We'll see. All right, so uh, we'll have that. And then, of course, we'll be back with uh, sports talk. We said we got some basketball stuff to talk about, some crazy things going on in basketball. The standings are like, what, <laughs> right now? Yeah. And you're like, woo, and some uh, big free. Finally, the hot stove in baseball has finally got hot and boiling over. So we can talk about that finally. It'll be fun, took dude. forever for that to start going off. Can't wait, man. Can't wait, too. So that'll do it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep on talking sports. Hey, everyone. This is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at sportstalk.cooper.bigman. Or you can email us at sportstalk with Cooper in Big Man. That's sportstalk, W I T, Cooper, the letter N, Big Man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.